0: Are you
1: hungry? Mate. You're making us hungry. I am dining out. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude.
2: I'm very happy
0: to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in
2: Rhode Island.
1: That should be your name, the food dude.
3: Hello again. Welcome back to the tastiest talk show on the radio. We are coming to you, as always, from the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, Ace Aceto as Chef Boyacito, <laughs> And you're going to see a lot of Ace as Chef Boy Aceto during the next few weeks from Dave's Cooking Live. This is excellent.
4: Yeah, actually, uh, so I'll be cooking from my kitchen, but in my kitchen is only a mile up the road from this Dave's. There you so go. Uh, get all my ingredients from Dave's uh, and then uh, go back to my kitchen and, and actually cook it up. <laughs> and that's how it, it all started for you. And and this is a great inspiration. It's a
3: great story. It's going to be a great thing to watch as uh, Ace Acido, Chef Boyacido, cooks from his kitchen with ingredients from Dave's Marketplace every week during this seafood season, this Lenten season. Yep. So tell me how this came about.
4: So it all started, like everything else, with the pandemic. I, um, jokingly, when we went into lockdown, if you remember way, way back, we went into a two- to three-week lockdown, and they said the only thing we'll let people do is, you know, obviously you need to get groceries, you need to get food. So after about four days of the lockdown... I jokingly posted on Facebook, well, I've I've watched everything on every streaming service (laughs) in four days. I guess I'll start cooking everything in my house. There we go. And friends started giving me ideas. They were like, oh, my God, you should make your guacamole that you bring to cookouts. So you should make your um, buffalo chicken dip that you make at cookouts. And then someone said, you should go live. Do right. it on Facebook Live. Right. So all these things, as the day went on, because I posted that in the morning, and as the day went on, I started getting more and more ideas. Now, let's clear this up, Bruce. I am not a real chef,
0: hmm.
4: despite the costume that I wear on, yes. on, on Facebook. You look like a chef. Yeah. So that came about because my neighbor, who actually went to culinary school, when he saw all the postings... He said, he texted me and he said, hey, do you want a chef jacket? Yeah. Because I have one in my closet. I'm never going to use it. Why don't Why don't you use it? So I said, all right. Now, mind you, he's six foot two. Yes. I am five foot six. Mm. So if you watch the show, you'll notice I look like a toddler dressed up in playtime. I see. You look like you're wearing your dad's chef coat. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I have to roll up the sleeves. <laughs> it looks like a, ja- a dress on me. It's a good look, though. Yeah. But um, but so I did, and then, I don't know, maybe after a week, my sister, who lives in Florida, said, hey, I sent you something in the mail. Uh, it'll complete your show. So she got me some chef hats. Nice! So I started wearing them, and that's kind of how it came about. I started with recipes that I knew, you know, things that I make. Cookouts. So tell me about this buffalo yeah. chicken dip. Oh, it's delicious. So, and I can't even claim all these recipes as just mine. That's okay. You know, my ex-wife used to make this for cookouts, and then when okay. we, you know, when we split up, I started making it for cookouts You got the well. recipe. Well, she got some of it too. <laughs> we both make it equally good, but my kids love it, so we both make so it what's at the in house. It? So it's basically it's it's uh, shredded chicken. Uh, and then you add uh, cream cheese, ranch dressing, and Frank's Red Hot. Okay, that's put it, it all in a, in a casserole dish. Yep. throw it in the oven, throw a little bit of Mexican cheese on it. Nice. Throw it back in the oven for another 10 minutes, and it's it's you know you get tortilla mm-hmm. chips, and it's it's just a really really good especially for cookouts and everyone yeah, loves it no question you know it's a good appetizer type of thing what's what's the secret
3: can you tell us the secret of your guacamole what's a good secret of well, your guac?
4: the guacamole my kids i actually used to <laughs> i used to line to my kids and tell them that it was my world famous recipe i see uh it is actually alton brown's recipe <laughs> from the food network <laughs> and Well, then, he was recently in rhode island so oh, was he kind of covered well it was funny because when my kids got old enough to figure it out they said dad that's not your recipe. That's that's from the Food Network. That's some guy, Alton Brown. I Wait said he stole it from me. <laughs> there you go. See that? But, <laughs> but it's I'll uh, back you up ace. But you know what? It has a the, the key ingredients is it has a little bit of cayenne pepper in it and cumin. So it has a really really spicy taste but it also but then it's has got some, some heat. back to it. Yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. Of heat. Interesting. So it's really really good. I love making that. Uh, oh, so good that recipe. Well,
3: you know, you're on to something because we just had the, the Big Mac and Cheese contest that everybody's yeah, still were talking me. about and it was a favorite recipe of theirs, particularly the kind of freelance one what they what we call Mac your own. Uh-huh. And uh, her name's Lisa. And she just made her straight-ahead trademark signature mac yep. and cheese that she gets
4: asked to make for every occasion. And that's it. And that's the thing. I think everyone has that. Unless, yes. you, unless you're unless you the person that goes by Dave's and buys the party pizza. <laughs> you <laughs> you know. can't
3: claim that one. You can't claim
4: that one. It's, but uh, it's okay.
3: But Dave's will let you claim about everything else yes. as, as your own. So, uh, so uh, that is fantastic. So out of this, out of this uh, chef... Boyacito seafood program that we're going to do over the next four weeks you could actually develop some signature dishes that people might maybe adopt so give us an idea of what you're going to be cooking.
4: So I have some ideas that I've been throwing around some of them I've made already and my kids were like oh if you're doing seafood can you make this? Nice. A couple of months ago I just looked it up and found this uh, salmon, it's baked salmon with an avocado salsa. Wow. And it's very very simple recipe that anyone can make. It's very easy to make, and it's you know again, it's not going to stink up your kitchen. Well, that's the, that. You know what? Let's make sure that we get that across to everybody
3: yeah. because you know when we talk about doing it yourself and making seafood in
4: your own kitchen, it's something that people stop and say, oh wait a minute, you know uh,
3: all well, well you know and why? good,
4: but because they're thinking about when their parents used to make smelts <laughs> yeah. and the whole uh, bacalao and the whole house smelled The Whole neighborhood. You know, your grandmother made it in the the kitchen that was four foot by ten foot, you know, and, and you were in an apartment house, so you didn't have a lot of room. Even if you're living in an apartment house now, it's different. The fish is but different. It's you know what? That it's house still fish.
3: still has that aroma yes. of,
4: of the grandmother that lived there two grandmothers ago. True. But you you can make fish dishes again, if you get fresh ingredients, it's not gonna smell like that. And and that's one of the reasons why we you know we partnered I partnered with Dave's. Yeah. You know, I, I happen to grow up. With the with John Delgado, the, the kingfish, the, the kingfish, the seafood guy, we grew up a, a block away from each other in North Providence.
3: That's great. And
4: uh, and you know, anytime I so when I started doing this show, anytime I got I did seafood, I always gave John a shout out, and I always gave Dave's a shout <laughs> out at how fresh the seafood was. Sure. And that's kind of how this you know this whole thing came about was. You know, John got my name to the marketing person, Susan, yeah. yep. and she reached out and said, hey, we'd like to try and show people that you don't have to go out every Friday during Lent. You can make some really good recipes. And she had seen some of my uh, some of my videos and said, you know, would you be willing to do some seafood recipes nice. throughout Lent? That's and that's how it came about. Fantastic. So number one is the fresh ingredients.
3: Yeah. And you're, you're right on it because... Any chef will tell you. In fact, uh, one of one of my one of the people that I loved very very much in this business, uh, Sylvia, who had the restaurant Cobb for so many years. Oh yeah, yeah. She would go to the Boston Fish Market. Yep. And she would personally pick the fish. Yeah. And you know, she just had this sense about it. She said, you know, I look in the eye and I see what's going on. And she says it should never ever ever smell like a fish. It should smell like cucumber. Really. That's what she would say. Wow. And, you know, the, the most amazing big eye tuna or salmon yeah. uh-uh. or she would buy some really exotic fish. She would buy Escalar. Uh-huh. And serve that, which is, you know, or she would do you know, just some some exotic exotic warm water fish that you didn't see. But right. the same rule applies, right. Uh, and and that's the key right there, so that you and look, you know what? It was what it was. And you know, your grandmother, your aunt, or whoever, you know what? they had to make do with what they had. exactly. so, you know, and we
4: didn't know what we know about food today, right. exactly. and and that's why I, you know, I love coming here at Dave's because, I do you know I'm always getting fresh stuff whenever I come here. Uh, you never have to worry about that. Okay. Let me okay. let me back up and and kind of reiterate that. <laughs> I am not a real chef. That's okay. <laughs> We're
3: at Dave's in Coventry with Ace Aceto in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. Watch for Chef Boy Aceto, Ace and another simple seafood recipe for Lent. He's roasting salmon this week, and it's on sale at Dave's. Tune in to Dave's YouTube channel. Food Dude, Bruce Newberry. We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, and we love to come home to the Wayberry Inn. We love to work from the Wayberry Inn, and you can too. If you're a work from anywhere, work from Wayberry. The Wayberry Inn has converted our Silver Lake room into a work studio. All the comforts. Desk, computer access, quiet, great place to think. So extend your stay by a day or two. And at $125 a night, you can. Book now, 802. 388-4015. Three eight eight forty fifteen. 8 Work, stay, and play at the Wayberry Inn. The Wayberry Inn is beginning a search for a well-trained and experienced line cook. Candidates must have experience with fine dining and casual menus and be able to demonstrate success and skill with catering events. Candidates must show skill in communicating, mentoring, and working successfully within the kitchen and all departments of an organization. Proven leadership is an important aspect of this position. You've heard me talk about working at the Wayberry. Come work. Work for the Waybury. Join our team. This is an immediate opening. Email your resume to manager at That's M-G-R at wayburyinn.com. Or apply at the Waybury Inn, 457 East Main Street, Middlebury, Vermont, 05753. Or call for an interview, 802-388- Forty fifteen pays competitive and above minimum average. This is a career position. Apply now. Come and join us at the Wayberry Inn. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. I'm
1: Bobby Clay, and I'm dining out with Bruce Newberry.
3: We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, back at Dave's. <laughs> We're at Dave's in Coventry with Ace Aceto as
4: Chef Boyacito. <laughs> I am not a real chef. That's okay. However, the reason why I do this is because I just wanted to show, once I ran out of my recipes, I started thinking like, oh, you know what? I like chicken salt and vodka when yeah. I go to a restaurant. I would never think to make that at home. Let me look up a recipe. I get on my iPad, I look up a recipe, and I'm like, oh, all right, there's a couple of exotic ingredients that I make. Like, I don't, ca- I don't always have sage leaves in my house, but Dave's has sage leaves. So I would just pick up the ingredients and, and get it. And that's kind of the way I kind of model the show now is, hey, you don't have to be a chef to make this stuff. Anyone go. can do this. Anyone can say, you know what, I'm going to make this tonight get the recipe, get the ingredients at Dave's and then go home and make it. And and most of the recipes, they're not that involved. It's not like it takes hours to prepare. Most right. of the most of my shows are no more than a half an hour, and I may prep about 10 minutes before the show.
3: And you pointed out a very important thing that is really important to a home cook. And that's to have your preparation ahead of time. Yes. If you're gonna use a quarter of a cup of this or some chopped sage leaves or something, set it up ahead of time.
4: I think that's where people sometimes will get get caught up in uh, not be comfortable with cooking because they're like, oh my God, there's so many steps, I have to do so much. And what I found for myself is if I prep like that, if I'm not measuring stuff out in the middle of the of the cooking process, it's much easier and it goes so much smoother. Now, don't get me wrong. I have made mistakes. <laughs> I have preheated the pan uh, with oil in it and not understood the flash point of an oil. Yes. Where all of a sudden I'm looking on the camera and I, you know, because I have it on my computer, so I can see behind me on the computer, and all of a sudden I see smoke. (laughs) Actually, I smelled smoke before I saw it, but then I saw it. So I have made mistakes, and that's why I just try and show people that, listen, anyone can do this, we all make mistakes. You can still salvage a dish, even if it doesn't come out perfect the way it is. It's not the end of the world if the smoke alarm goes off. Exactly. It's the, yeah, as long as you don't actually create flames, you're in good shape. But, um, but most of the recipes, so for example, like the salmon recipe, I, all my recipes, because it's me and my three kids, um, all my recipes are involve, you know, four servings. So like the salmon, I'll ask the, the, you know, no one knows more about the seafood than the guys and the gals behind the, the yes. counters. So if I'm, sa- you know, when I went and made that salmon dish, I asked the people here, I said, hey, I have to feed four of us, what do you suggest? And then they suggest how much, you know, basically I want to have four salmon steaks, you know. Uh, they say about a fist size is uh, is for protein, is, is the, yes, right the right serving. So, so they'll actually suggest what I should get. If I'm making scallops, so one of the other things that I'm planning on, and this was one of my favorite recipes I did before, pan-seared scallops over risotto. Whoa. Again, something that you would normally go to, like, Spain restaurant to get. You can make that at home, and it comes out really good. Nice. So, what kind of risotto? So I went with a mushroom risotto. Oh, excellent. Um, and risotto is one of those things that a lot of people shy away from because it is a little bit more involved. You kind of have to keep stirring it and yes. keep an eye on it. Yep. But because you're making it with pan-seared scallops, that's an easy part. Yes. Of of the recipe. So, if you're pan-searing, you can keep an eye on the risotto. And we always,
3: almost every week, we talk about what's new and and what's special at Dave's. And boy, three weeks out of four, there there are scallops that are uh, ready to go. They're perfect for recipes, sometimes big, sometimes small. Always fresh, always perfect. And uh, as you say, that's the key. Just ask the seafood counter guys here at Dave's and uh, they'll give you the best advice. Exactly,
4: exactly. And that's that goes for, I mean, yes, I'm partial to the seafood folks because we're in Lent. That's where you are. But even the people behind the meat counter, of I course. mean, no one is going to know more about the cuts of, of meat. Work. And turn it on low. By the time you get back from work, you get a great meal sitting oh. there waiting for you. And Fantastic. it can be anything.
3: You know? Well, we're looking forward to uh, great Lenten meals with Chef Boyacito, Ace Acito. So we're going to have seven Cooking session, seven
4: recipes. Yep. The recipes are going to be available. So what will happen is every Tuesday at 7 p.m., if you want to tune in, you can go to my Facebook page. Um, I'm full on friends. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But you can still follow me. So if you go to Ace Aceto, um, you can watch it live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., And then Dave's is going to share it to their page every Thursday at 7 p.m. Well, hey, we'll be tuning in. You've got us all primed,
3: and we may uh, up the viewership all over New England for you.
4: That's what we're hoping. (laughs) That's what we're hoping for. So good to talk to you. Best of luck. All the best. Thanks so much, Bruce. All right, Ace.
3: Bruce Newberry. It's Bruce and Amy here at the Wayberry Inn. Hi, Amy. Hi, Bruce. Well, it's
5: the wearing of the green. It is uh, that time of year again. It is. Everybody loves St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Great fun. Time to wear green and eat that corned beef and cabbage. (laughs) Your one time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's it. I think people wait all year for the corned beef and cabbage. And everybody waits all year for the St. Patrick's Day menu here at the Wayberry Inn. And we've got two days and two nights. Nights this
5: yes, year. we will be serving our St. Patrick's Day menu March 17th, Thursday and Friday, March 18th
3: the centerpiece is the corned beef and cabbage.
5: Yes, there are definitely some other choices on our menu. There
3: are. There is amazing Guinness beef stew.
5: It was very popular last year. I know people really enjoyed it. Chunks of beef simmered, so they're very tender and it's mixed in a Guinness sauce. The chefs do an amazing job with it and just, you know, having a little bit of that Irish beer. That's on the magic. magic that, the
3: yeah. magic is in the Guinness, no doubt. And if you want something a little bit more traditional maybe start off with some irish leek and potato soup one of my favorites yes it'll take you right back to the old sod how about the corned beef sliders i love those corned beef sliders
5: they're just perfect for you know a little appetizer a little snack if you're not super hungry i love little sliders a perfect (laughs) serving
3: of corned beef horseradish sauce slaw with the traditional irish chips you know
5: yes yes
3: and then of course shepherd's pie
5: Yes, this will be a little different than our normal shepherd's pie. Our traditional shepherd's pie is served with ground beef. Mm -hmm. On St. Patrick's Day, we will be serving it with ground lamb. Yes. More of a traditional shepherd's pie, I believe that one is. And
3: baked with a Dubliner Irish cheese. That is just what makes it so authentic. The carrots and the peas and the onions and the mashed potatoes. It's going to, you can't say potatoes on St. Patrick's Day without (laughs) the little lilt coming out, no matter how hard you try. Yes. And of course, everybody gets. The Irish soda bread. Yes,
5: we make our Irish soda bread right here, and that comes with every entree that you order.
3: Mmm, so, so good. Now, we think of uh, St. Patrick's Day, and of course we think of of a wee taste. We have the Guinness, we have the Harp Lager, but we have some beverage creations, too.
5: Yes, Brianna, our manager and bartender, has been creating some wonderful drinks. She's got an Irish coffee, you mm. know, with your traditional Irish whiskey and black coffee and whipped cream. She makes a minty Irishman. Yes, that one is very good. <laughs> a couple of non-alcoholic choices, too. A couple of too. that will put you right in the spirit. Uh, Bri has the Emerald Isle Cooler. That was really popular last year. It was very refreshing. Um, Pineapple juice, green peppermint syrup, and some ginger ale. Nice.
3: Or how about a ginger fizz with fresh mint and fresh raspberries and ginger ale? So whatever your spirit, whatever your taste, whatever you're looking for, we've got you. St. Patrick's Day weekend, the 17th and 18th here at the Wayberry
5: Inn. Make a reservation? Yes, reservations are needed. We'll be busy for those two nights, so call ahead. And this menu is available for takeout, too. So, Excellent.
3: And the number's the same, 802-388-4015. We'll be wearing the green here at the Waybury Inn. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry.
4: Hey, this is Chef Ace Aceto, Chef Boyaceto, and I'm dining out with Bruce Newberry.
3: Coming to you, as always, from the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, the Waybury Inn is expecting a busy spring, summer, and fall in 2022. We're currently soliciting applications for kitchen line and production cooks, housekeepers, servers, and bar staff. Apply as soon as possible. We're setting up interviews through the month of March. Your work hours may vary, but start dates are no later than mid-April. If you'd like to join us at the Waybury Inn as a kitchen line and production cook, a housekeeper, a server, or bar staff, email a resume to manager at wayberryinn.com. That's M-G-R at wayberryinn.com. Or apply at Wayberry Inn, 457 East Main Street, Middlebury, Vermont, 05753. Pay is competitive and above minimum average for all positions. You've heard me talk about working at the Wayberry. Come work for the Wayberry. Join the family here at the Wayberry Inn. Call for an interview, 802-388-4015. Come and join us here at the Wayberry Inn. Apply now. We're sitting in the Octagon Room at the Starry Night Cafe here in Ferrisburg, Ferrisburg, Vermont, with Executive Chef Robert Smith III And it's great to be here. How are you?
6: I'm doing great. It's great to be here as well. Oh,
3: man. Uh, It is uh, just, it's, it's, what we're going to tell you about is kind of the quintessential Vermont dining experience. I mean, we're sitting here in this great space, the wide wood floors, the real beam floors, and the sun streaming in all around. We're still in winter, but spring says, uh, hello, I'm at the door, and I've got some nice weather and things. And so, Robert's menu, I think your menu reflects where we are right now. Um, Talk about these truffled scrambled eggs that everybody up and down Route 7 is talking about.
6: All right. Um, Well, it's a special we're running this weekend. We got some beautiful perigord truffles uh, from France, and the eggs have been stored in the same container with the truffles, which kind of permeates and impregnates the egg with that flavor. So when you crack the egg, it naturally has that truffle essence. Yes. Um, so it's about two eggs and a yolk per order, whipped up with some butter and some delicious creme fraiche made by our pastry chef, Courtney, um, sweated with truffles and then shaved perigord truffles tableside. Mm. Yeah. And then our pastry chef, Courtney, also makes this beautiful milk bread. So it comes with two nice slices of... Griddled toast that's in a nice little presentation. Yes,
3: it's almost like a a thick toast. To call a Texas toast doesn't do it justice, but it's that thick. But that milk bread is really a work of art. There's a lot of labor that goes into that milk bread. Tell us what pastry chef Courtney does to really make that magic.
6: Well, it's it's a similar crumb to a brioche, but it's definitely not as heavy and. Uh, flaky, you know, it's a t- it has a tighter crumb and I kind of like it more because it's more versatile than a brioche. Um, it toasts up beautifully. It has that beautiful caramelized color from the egg yolk on the outside. Um, yeah, all the bread she makes is delicious, especially her house bread that we serve that almost every table gets. Yeah. Um, yeah, house spelt levain with some honey, natural like with oats on the outside. It's amazing. Oh, 100% yeah. hydration, which is Really difficult. That means equal part water to flour. So it's a very, like, yeah, she's a master at that.
3: Artisan bread from an artisan. Yeah. Phenomenal. So we've got this beautiful Japanese milk bread, and we've made some toast and griddled that and then these amazing scrambled eggs that are soft scrambled
6: yeah the texture is really luscious and luxurious so you can just spoon them over on your bread and kind of make little bites
3: yes so it's a real artisan culinary version of an all-day breakfast right and this is an appetizer
6: yeah it's a luxurious appetizer or to share for the table or uh Perhaps to have as a side with your steak and an entree. Um, yeah. Yeah.
3: But that would be so nice to start out with. You have to start out with a little champagne,
6: though. Yeah, it pairs really well with champagne. Right? Yes.
3: So uh, we uh, what, what champagne do you recommend from your list? Um or a, or a sparkling. You could do a you could do a just any sparkling as long as it was on as it was on the dry side. Yes. Honestly,
6: yes. I would just say anything dry. Yes. bubbly. Very nice. I okay. like one one to start and that's kind of it. For that's me.
3: it. And then you've got that experience going on and then you're on to your steak, you're on to your uh, your entrees. You have a scallop crudo that is really a great story. Tell that story.
6: Yeah, so it's um this woman, Nancy, is the source of this incredible scallops that we worked with or I worked with for years at Providence. Michael would always have her scallops when available, um, and it's just really special that we can, I can continue that relationship. Uh, in fact, being closer to Maine, right, the shipping cost is less.
3: Well, that's <laughs> it. That's incredible that she was actually sending—I guess what's incredible— it, it's incredible that he was sourcing scallops from this one particular scalloper off the main coast.
6: Oh yeah, he's obsessed with sourcing. Yes, he'll get specific things from Japan, specific things like I mean, everywhere, everywhere. He's ob- that's his obsession. Yes, sourcing the best, telling the story. The lineage of where you know the captain of this ship and so so on yeah that's it sure
3: Uh, no question the uh and you're you learn well and uh this is a great thing that is that you're doing here at starry night cafe to be able to have food with a story we all love food and drink with a story and it makes for great table talk Yep. and you want to tell everyone about it and bring everyone back here this is the place that has the scallops from the little boat in Maine and all of that so we're gonna take these scallops and what are we
6: gonna do with them we just take uh, we take two of them and we slice them each in thirds um, so they're nice little discs um, they get dressed with olio verde which is a nice fruity olive oil a uh, little bit of sea salt lemon juice And then as well with these shaved radishes, paper-thin watermelon radishes and purple ninja radishes that get dressed with the same olive oil, lemon, salt. Um, Those get on the plate, kind of all pretty. And then the scallops go as well. Um, Blood orange juice, just fresh squirted on the plate. A little more olive oil. And then for texture, just a little bit of toasted poppy seed. Yes. And it's not much, you know, just about I don't know, sprinkle. Right. Um, so you just get that little bite and the earthiness with that that connects it with the radish that's yes. in the winter. So we're kind of in spring. So, like, the radishes are coming, but the scallop is still cold. So
3: it's a promise. It's a promise of yeah. what's to come.
6: Yeah. So, but
3: that's an amazing bite. At the Starry Night Cafe with Executive Chef Robert Smith here at the Shelburne Country Store. Hello, Steve. Hello, Bruce,
2: and happy spring. Happy spring. We didn't think it would ever get here. The sun's starting to poke through. Things are getting really muddy up here in Vermont. (laughs) It's got to be time for the Easter bunny. Must be. (laughs) We have so many people who wait for this time of year. They're looking forward to peeps. We've got lavender-colored bunny rabbits and white really big bunny rabbits and you never know with a peep are you of the angst that you have to have it fresh right out of the package or do you poke little holes in it and let it dry out first before you eat your peep the chewiness goes way way up there's actually family fights that go on as to how you're supposed to eat your peep and then our local guys we have some boy scouts who have decided that that's how you make a s'more is you have to use a peep to make your s'more and that way you get a purple and chocolate colored s'more off of the campfire. So Wow, this is a culture <laughs> phenomenon found only here in Vermont. So
3: stock up on Peeps here at Shelburne Country Store and uh, start the Vermont s'more
2: tradition. <laughs> and then going back further than Peeps, and I think these go back almost to the dawn of time, we have the panned marshmallow eggs. Yes. Which are about three to four times the size of a jelly bean. yes. Covered in a hard candy shell with a hard marshmallow on the inside. Every kid loves them, and every adult can't understand why. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. They're a dentist's dream. Absolutely. Still made by the same company. They're made by Dare Candies up in Canada. Is that right? Have been for hundreds of years, I believe. They work perfectly in an Easter basket without having to be wrapped. The candy shell protects them, and I think think they'll last until the next ice age i was gonna say those candy shells are pretty much (laughs) bulletproof um and everybody waits all year we've been shipping them across the country even as we speak is that right oh people wait for them they've been calling and hounding me since the snow started falling asking (laughs) when are the panned eggs coming in so wow wow so that
3: everybody has been super anxious for spring and easter this year
2: (laughs) and then of course you have mainstays we've got chocolate bunnies of every shape dark chocolate white chocolate milk chocolate again some arguments there over what's the best type of bunny, myself, dark chocolate, but Mm. we've got them all. And we've got candy corn for Easter, which is called bunny corn. Oh, really? Still honey flavored like your, your autumn candy corn, yes. but in pastel colors. We have mallow creams. We have Reese's cups in Easter colors. So the foil is actually Easter colored and they're a little bit smaller so that they fit into the Easter basket nicely. And Easter colored Hershey's kisses. Mm. You name it, we've got it here somewhere. We've got cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Old school, new school. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So if you want to make your basket up yourself or you just want to hide in a corner and eat your peeps when nobody's watching, we've got what you're looking for. We
3: have all of that right here. The bunny knows, and now you know. It's stock up for Easter and those Easter baskets that need to be filled here at the Shelburne Country Store.
2: Exactly. let see to what the- you did there. You're
3: Dining Out with Bruce Newberry. With Executive Chef Robert Smith III at the Starry Night Cafe here in Ferrisburg, Ferrisburg Vermont. But that's an amazing bite, though. You've got the poppy seeds, which are going to add a little woodsiness. Mm-hmm. Or sesame seeds that are going to add a little woodsiness. You've got the, uh, the radish, as you say, a little sharpness, a little taste of early spring. And then those beautiful scallops that you've done and just brought them out a little bit.
6: Yeah, they're shining on themselves. The texture of them is just so meaty and sweet. And I mean, there's just so, so much delicious flavor. Um, They also get a little bit of radish sprouts from Farmer Hill up in Ferrisburg as well. Yes,
3: so we've got sprouts on that plate as well. What a nice evening. What uh, an unforgettable couple of plates that you're going to enjoy here at the Starry Night Cafe. Uh, This is amazing stuff. So how long were you at Providence in L.A., Chef Roberts? Uh,
6: Off and on for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I worked there for originally a year, and then we had to leave the city and... We moved up to San Francisco, and that's where I worked at Al's Place, hmm. um, which is a little, like, one Michelin star vegetarian yeah. forward tasting menu with meat options a la carte. So you get, like, the vegetarian tasting menu with a side of foie gras or a side of hanger steak or yeah. a side of duck breast. very kind of opposite than your steak with a side of broccoli. But he makes delicious food up there. Yes, um, so we, I worked up there for almost a year, and then we, I really just wanted to move back to Prov- work more at Providence. So we moved back down and worked there for another two and a half years. Yeah. and just soaked it all up. Uh, got to do some offsite events and
3: really one of the more consistently great shifts in LA. Uh, year after year after year I mean you know trends come and trends go it's LA and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the newest and the most shiny thing and all that but he has been consistent for many many years we interviewed him several years ago and uh, very interesting he has New England connections and so yeah. that's uh, perhaps some of why the sourcing uh, happens the way that it does but as you say every place that uh, every everything that he sources has a has a great story so you decided to come back here
6: I did. Yep. The last two years of the pandemic was just a little different in LA. Uh, After Providence, I worked at this place, Sightglass Coffee, which is a large, uh, I'm not going to say corporate, but they have like six different um, coffee places in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. One roastery and then six little offsite, but they don't make food. They source pastries and stuff from nice bakeries up there. Uh, so when they moved to Los Angeles, they did their big flagship 14,000 square foot huge huh. facility, which, um, which is like a grand opening. And I was familiar with the company because when I worked in Al's Place, there was, one, there was a sight glass near it. So I would get yeah. them coffee. Um, and they and they sight were glass is
3: an insider coffee term.
6: By no, the way. oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I spent
3: 10 years in the in the coffee business, so yeah, they know they're pretty cool guys. Sight, yeah, sight glasses it refers to a part of a batch coffee maker, yes, and yes. you can see the level of brew that's left in the tank.
0: Yes, <laughs> it's,
3: it's not high end, <laughs>
0: that's cool.
6: Yeah, they're smart guys, um, that's so very cool. I was part of the opening team with that, I was the executive sous chef, uh, was learned a lot. It was a A.M. Bakery, you know, all day affair, but then COVID hit and we had to pivot and we turned into a like a grocery, Whole Foods, you know, deli cups of salads and things that kind of have three-day shelf lives. Uh, Learned a different side of food in that way, but still able to work with all the farmer's market ingredients. Um, This girl, this woman... McKenna, she's super great. She sources all this product from Santa Monica Farmer's Market. Yeah. Um, Her company is called Handpicked by McKenna. Uh, And she just, like, she'll literally handpick everything and give it to chefs. And she really made it easy for us. Um, But I was there for about a year and a half, and then just missing home. Um, My family's here, and I felt like I could come back and make a dent on the dining scene. And... This job presented itself at a good time when I was coming back. Um, a friend showed me the ad on Instagram, mm. and I was like in Arizona driving back. Oh, yeah? That's when I found out. I was like, nice. Sounds cool. I'd never been here. so. You know. Oh, gosh. Well,
3: I mean, this is one of those hidden gem special places, special night places, uh, and everyone just lights up when you mention Starry Night Cafe. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the place. With this menu, Robert Smith, this is really going to be uh, an entirely different destination. But, th- I mean, think about the experience you went through in L.A. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of farming and agriculture and so forth in California, but but you know, the 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 source is the farmers market, and the farmers market comes from the farms. I mean, you can throw a rock in any direction from here and hit a farm.
0: I know
6: so, we are in farm town. And that, that's are. the thing. Like all these LA chefs that get the best produce, you know, those farmers are driving three to five hours to right. get there. And, we do you know, about three to
3: five feet.
6: Yeah, the term local is just like it's hard to. There's there's so many levels of local what is local is local the best right now there's not really any local vegetables growing right now well, but yeah, just in a couple of weeks give they're it gonna give just it yeah there's bloom. a the nursery
3: has a sign up the road yeah eight weeks yeah the nursery up the road has a sign that's great. so uh it's it's definitely here within a very very short time and uh, you're just going to be rolling it and I can't wait to see what your menu specials look like once the bounty starts rolling in this is amazing so uh, what nights are is starry night cafe open
6: so we do dinner service Thursday through Sunday um, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. is our last seating Um, we are pretty limited staff right now on back of house so We're using Wednesday as a prep day to get us ready for the week. And then, yeah, we do dinner service Thursday through Sunday. Fantastic. And
3: if you've not been here for a while, you're going to love the way the place looks, and there are some plans. Oh, man, you're uh, this is going to be amazing. So great to get, to get acquainted with you and uh, to talk to you about these exciting dishes, and we look forward to many more. Thanks very much for hanging out with us, letting us hang out with you here yeah. in the Octagon Room Thank today. Thank
6: you, Bruce. This has been great.
3: Pleasure. Here at the Starry Night Cafe in Ferrisburg.
0: Food Dude, Bruce
3: Newberry. It's Bruce and Amy here at the Wayberry Inn. Hi, Amy. Hi, Bruce. Well, it's the
5: wearing of the green. It is uh, that time of year again. It is. Everybody loves St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Great fun, time to wear green, and eat that corned beef and cabbage <laughs> your one time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think
3: people wait all year for the corned beef and cabbage, and everybody waits all year for the St. Patrick's Day menu here at the Wayberry Inn, and we've got two days and two nights this yes, year. Yes,
5: We will be serving our St. Patrick's Day menu March 17th, Thursday, and Friday, March 18th.
3: The centerpiece is the corned beef and cabbage.
5: Yes, there are definitely some other choices on our menu.
3: There are. There is amazing Guinness beef stew.
5: It was very popular last year. I know people really enjoyed it. Chunks of beef simmered, so they're very tender, and it's mixed in a Guinness sauce. The chefs do an amazing job with it, and just, you know, having a little bit of that Irish beer. That's on the magic. magic that, the
3: yeah. magic is in the Guinness, no doubt. And if you want something a little bit more traditional. Maybe start off with some Irish leek
5: and potato soup. One of my favorites. Yes,
3: it'll take you right back to the old sod. How about the corned beef sliders? I love those corned beef sliders.
5: They're just perfect for, you know, a little appetizer, a little snack if you're not super hungry. I love little sliders. A perfect (laughs) serving
3: of corned beef, horseradish sauce, slaw with the traditional Irish chips, you know.
5: Yes. Yes.
3: And then, of course, shepherd's
5: pie. Yes, this will be a little different than our normal shepherd's pie. Our traditional shepherd's pie is served with ground beef. Mm -hmm. On St. Patrick's Day, we will be serving it with ground lamb. Yes. More of a traditional shepherd's pie, I believe that one is. And
3: baked with a Dubliner Irish cheese. That is just what makes it so authentic. The carrots and the peas and the onions and the mashed potatoes. It's going to... You can't say potatoes on St. Patrick's (laughs) Day without the
5: little lilt coming out, (laughs) no
3: matter how hard you try. Yes. And, of course, everybody gets... The Irish soda bread. Yes,
5: we make our Irish soda bread right here, and that comes with every entree that you order.
3: Mmm, so, so good. Now, we think of uh, St. Patrick's Day, and of course we think of of a wee taste. We have the Guinness, we have the Harp Lager, but we have some beverage creations, too.
5: Yes, Brianna, our manager and bartender, has been creating some wonderful drinks. She's got an Irish coffee, you mm. know, with your traditional Irish whiskey and black coffee and whipped cream. She makes a minty Irishman. Yes, that one is very good. <laughs> a couple of non-alcoholic choices a of too. Cocktails that will put you right in the spirit. Uh, Bri has the Emerald Isle Cooler. That was really popular last year. It was yeah. very refreshing: um, pineapple juice, green peppermint syrup, and some ginger ale. Nice. Or how about a
3: ginger fizz with fresh mint and fresh raspberries and ginger ale? So whatever your spirit, whatever your taste, whatever you're looking for, we've got you. St. Patrick's Day weekend, the seventeenth and eighteenth, here at the Wayberry Inn.
5: Make a reservation. Yes, reservations are needed. We'll be busy for those two nights, so call ahead. And this menu is available for takeout too, so Excellent. and the number's the
3: same: 802-388-4015. We'll be wearing the green here at the Wayberry Inn. So what do we say and believe? Thank you for dining out with me. Food dude, Bruce Newberry, and don't forget to try the house dressing. <laughs>
7: Are you hungry? You're making us hungry. I am dining out. You're dining
1: out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude. I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in
0: Rhode Island. That should be your
2: name. The food dude.
3: Hello again. Welcome to the tastiest talk show on the radio here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. You never know when the real world is going to intrude on the food world as much as we try to escape by going to our favorite place or indulging in our favorite food or even cooking. But the real world has butted its head in. Do you know what the French word for the president of Russia is? You know, the dictator of Russia? The dictator of Russia is Putin. Wait a minute. How can such a treat, something so comforting, fries and cheese curds and gravy and just deliciousness and a little guilty pleasure be associated with that. Well, the vagaries of language and just the way things are. But yes, we know maybe it'll, maybe it'll change the world and we'll just start thinking of Putin as something very pleasant. In all of our world, Putin means something very, very nice in the great state of Rhode Island, again this year, is the Poutine Indulgence. The Museum of Work and Culture has announced the return of its annual Poutine Indulgence, now in its sixth year. Throughout the month of March, the traditional Quebecois dish of the frites smothered in the gravy and the cheese curds will be in competition—a friendly competition, a tasty competition. Seven restaurants across Rhode Island in southeastern Massachusetts will be vying for the title. Now, last year's winner, Rose in Woonsocket, is back this year. There are several of the competitors from last year. KG Kitchen Bar in Providence, our friend Kevin Godreau, and uh, Frisky Fries is back. Of course, we love the Frisky Fries. We have Adeline Speakeasy Kitchen Bar in Cumberland, Ming Sando Bar in Pawtucket, and now we have a couple of new entries Red's Kitchen in Seekonk, more on Red in a minute, and the Putin Peddlers from Taunton, Massachusetts. Yes, and I'm sure in Taunton it's pronounced Putin Peddlers, but there you are. So, Red's Kitchen is another one of these restaurant success stories that uh, parked a food truck. Red's had, and still has, a food truck and is known for his cheese steaks. And the menu says a little road, as in Rhode Island, construction to a classic sandwich born on the streets of Philly in the early 1930s. So they have the OG, shave steak, sautéed onion, sautéed mushroom, cheese on a grinder roll. There's a chimichurri cheese steak. There's a blue zombie cheesesteak with blue cheese and bacon and griddled onions. A Texas Hold'em with spicy barbecue sauce and bacon. Yeah. And uh, they do hand-cut fries. So all the building blocks are there. So it looks like it's going to be a worthy competitor at Red's. But I love how Red's, firmly ensconced on Route 6 in Seekonk, Massachusetts, refers to itself as a Rhode Island place. Even Red's is an homage to the state bird of Rhode Island. So Seekonk, again, having its identity problems and Rhode Island could just annex it and no one would even notice. But there you go. Red's Kitchen, a new entry this year in the Putin Indulgence. And the way that it works is you get a passport for $15 and you can visit all of these places, sample, try, test Taste, judge, and then you vote. And you have until April 1st at midnight to vote for your favorite Putin out of the competitors. The winner will be announced at the museum's annual Salute to Spring on Sunday, April 3rd. So there you go. So you can get your passport at shopmowc.com, as in the Museum of Work and Culture. And this is the real deal. The Consulate General of Canada is in on this, as well as the Quebec delegation to Boston, the Gouvernement de Quebec, and uh, many other places as well with names like Lameru and Brûlée and some <laughs> and the Northern Rhode Island Chamber of Commerce. What? And uh, that great, great place, Wrights Derry Farm. What? The hell's he talking about anyway uh, there you go the putin indulgence and uh, what fun and what a great event and it's back again this year today on food radio we're gonna ask the question that i've been asking for a week or so what do you order when you don't know what to order do you have a go-to do you look on the menu if you've been to a place for the first time and you don't really know a heck of a lot about it. Uh, maybe you're there with friends who have been there before and they might make a recommendation. But you might say, gee, I want to find my own way. What do you do? Do you have a go-to dish? Well, we've been talking about this for a while. We're going to have a great chat with Ted Tomlinson, who actually brings the point of view of several restaurateurs. When you go to somebody else's place, what do you order? Do you have a go-to And it's great advice. So we'll get to that. We will meet one of the up-and-coming young chefs who has been traveling literally coast to coast, has returned to his home state of Vermont, and is cooking reflective of his travels. We're going to meet Chef Robert Smith III, who is at Starry Night Cafe in Ferrisburg by way of Providence, the one in California. And San Francisco, we had a great chat, and what a menu and some amazing things are coming out of that uh, very, very quaint little place It is just cuter than cute on Route 7 there in uh, Ferrisburg. As a matter of fact, we're going to put it on the list of uh, dining options if you're staying at the Waybury Inn uh, on an off night, so... Uh, that's going to go on the list as well. And uh, hop a skip and a jump up Route 7 from Middlebury. And uh, there you go. This and more on today's Food Dude Radio here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. It's Bruce and Amy here at the Wayberry Inn. Hi, Amy.
5: Hi, Bruce. Well, it's the wearing of the green. It is that time of year again. It is. Everybody loves St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Great fun. Time to wear green and eat that corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> Your one time of the year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think people wait all year for the corned beef and cabbage. And everybody waits all year for the St. Patrick's Day menu here at the Waybury Inn. And we've got two days and two nights this yes, year. Yes,
5: we will be serving our St. Patrick's Day menu March 17th, Thursday, and Friday, March 18th.
3: The centerpiece is the corned beef and cabbage.
5: Yes. There are definitely some other choices on our menu.
3: There are. There is amazing Guinness beef stew.
5: It was very popular last year. I know people really enjoyed it. Chunks of beef simmered, so they're very tender, and it's mixed in a Guinness sauce. The chefs do an amazing job with it, and just you know, having a little bit of that Irish beer. That's on the magic. magic that The yeah.
3: magic is in the Guinness, no doubt. And if you want something a little bit more traditional, maybe start off with some Irish leek and potato soup. One of my favorites. Yes, it'll take you right back to the old sod. How about the corned beef sliders? I love those corned beef sliders.
5: They're just perfect for, you know, a little appetizer, a little snack if you're not super hungry. I love little sliders. A perfect (laughs) serving
3: of corned beef, horseradish sauce, slaw with the traditional Irish chips, you know. Yes. Yes. And then, of course, shepherd's pie.
5: Yes. This will be a little different than our normal shepherd's pie. Our traditional shepherd's pie is served with ground beef. Mm -hmm. On St. Patrick's Day, we will be serving it with ground lamb. Yes. More of a traditional shepherd's pie, I believe that one is. And
3: baked with the Dubliner Irish cheese that is just what makes it so authentic. The carrots and the peas and the onions and the mashed potatoes. It's going to, you can't say potatoes on St. Patrick's Day without (laughs) the little lilt coming out, no matter how hard you try. Yes, And of course, everybody gets... The Irish soda bread. Yes,
5: we make our Irish soda bread right here, and that comes with every entree that you order. Mmm, so,
3: so good. Now, we think of uh, St. Patrick's Day, and of course we think of of a wee taste. We have the Guinness, we have the Harp Lager, but we have some beverage creations, too.
5: Yes, Brianna, our manager and bartender, has been creating some wonderful drinks. She's got an Irish coffee, you mm. know, with your traditional Irish whiskey and black coffee and whipped cream. She makes a minty Irishman. Yes, that one is very good. <laughs> a couple of non-alcoholic choices, too. A couple of too. that will put you right in the spirit. Uh, Bri has the Emerald Isle Cooler. That was really popular last year. It was very refreshing. Um, Pineapple juice, green peppermint syrup, and some ginger ale. Nice. Or how about a
3: ginger fizz
5: with fresh mint and fresh
3: raspberries and ginger ale? So whatever your spirit, whatever your taste, whatever you're looking for, we've got you. St. Patrick's Day weekend, the 17th and 18th,
5: here at the Wayberry Inn. Make a reservation? Yes. Reservations are needed. We'll be busy for those two nights, so call ahead and this menu is available for takeout, too. So, Excellent. And the number's the same, 802-388-4015.
3: We'll be wearing the green here at the Wayberry Inn. You're Dining Out with Bruce Newberry. We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, 15 Point Road. The address is the same as the name in Portsmouth, and the prefix is back. More than ever, we're looking for value, and there are few greater values than the prefix menu. Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at 15 Point Road, complete dinners, Still a great price. The menu changes, so your best bet is to head for 15 Point Road. Island Park, Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. We are coming to you, as always, from the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. The Wayberry Inn is expecting a busy spring, summer, and fall in 2022. We're currently soliciting applications for kitchen line and production cooks, housekeepers, servers, and bar staff. Apply as soon as possible. We're setting up interviews through the month of March. Your work hours may vary, but start dates are no later than mid-April. If you'd like to join us at the Waybury Inn as a kitchen line and production cook, a housekeeper, a server, or bar staff, email a resume to manager at wayberryinn.com. That's M-G-R at wayberryinn.com. Or apply at Wayberry Inn, 457 East Main Street, Middlebury, Vermont, 05753. Pay is competitive and above minimum average for all positions. You've heard me talk about working at the Wayberry. Come work for the Wayberry. Join the family here at the Wayberry Inn. Call for an interview. 802-388-4015. Come and join us here at the Wayberry Inn. Apply now. Well, we thought we would stop by the spanked puppy today and visit with Ted. Hello. Here I am. Here yes. you are. So great to be back here. It is
1: Lent, by the way. To yes. all your listeners, I've decided to observe it. Good job. Good this job. Time. Well it, it it's And definitely... I'm not Catholic. <laughs> but I believe in this. I That's believe it. I think it's something good for us all to just, you know, give something up or adopt something fresh. Yes. And, and...
3: Well it's a character, it, it definitely builds character in Food can, can do a lot of things, accomplish a lot of things. Uh, it can make you think about things. And well, I th- and here's
1: why I bring this up. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are giving up alcohol for yes. Lent. A lot of people are, obviously, people are giving up meat on Fridays or maybe all together. But this is also a time where we got to realize, yeah, for 40 days, we got to do without something. Yes. Some people are giving up fat or butter. Some people are exercising for 40 days. There's a 40-day period around the industry that I, obviously our industry, where people are making some changes, well, which it. is funny right after New Year's that we're going to wait until this long, but that's fine. We're... We're a little late in the game here in Vermont. But. <laughs> it's
3: bigger than a Vermont thing, believe it or not. It, it's, uh, but it definitely is something to consider, and uh, people do, and you're right. In the food business and the restaurant business, we see it coming, and so uh, we plan to have, to offer things that are in keeping with what people
1: are doing or not doing. But it's never... Well, at least from my perspective, it's never what I think. Obviously, we change the menu for you. We've got some fish on sure. Fridays and stuff like that. Yep. But everybody gives up something or changes something, and we never know what it's going to be. You can't sure. predict that. You know, yes. if somebody wants to give up sugar, how am I going to know that or whatever? So what do you do? You go to a restaurant. You've got your own... How do you order? What is that? Ah, you know, some of these menus are big. I don't I don't
3: know. Well, it, we've started asking a lot more questions in general. You'll see now, I'm sure that, that it happens here just like it happens every place else, that people come in and they say, well, do you have gluten-free this? Do you have uh, this that's made with that? Do you have this that might be grown in a certain way? Does this come from here? Do you have this you know, particular brand. And so, yeah, we've gotten more comfortable with asking and, and being being special. There was a time when people in our business were saying, this was before COVID, just before COVID, that that was going to be almost the ruination of the restaurant business because everyone had gotten so used to customizing Yeah, we've we had
1: this conversation a yes. lot, actually. And so... There is that kind of happy medium at some point where I think a lot of people do ask for. It's not like a hundred people come in and they ask for a hundred different things. No, I think out of that hundred, eighty people ask for the same thing, and maybe there is some people on the fringes that would ask for something truly unique. Hmm. And maybe that's where this is going. It's like we, we, maybe we as an industry haven't shifted to where we should. Shift.
3: We've always listened to what people had to say. I mean as a restaurateur you know the most important person in the restaurant is me
1: sitting Oh sorry. No no that's wrong. That's wrong. Yes, we keep telling you that. Uh, That's what they all do. It's not me at all. (laughs) It's the tax man. It's the tax man.
3: (laughs) So, but there are times when it's the thing to do to put yourself in the chef's hands. Maybe put yourself in the server's hands or the restaurant owner's hands. Because you have built your place... Around a certain style of food, or a certain—some places build their build, build place around a certain single dish, sure. right? You know, the lobster house, or the lobster pot, or the or French fries, or whatever. right? Have you. Yeah. So, but we we sometimes we sometimes are or were reluctant to put ourselves in the chef's hands. Until the time when we come to the restaurant and we sit down and we say, you know, I don't know what I feel like today. Yeah. What or, do I feel or,
1: like eating? Or maybe uh, the, the specials menu is so big. It's going to take you half an hour to get through it. Yes. Which is, I mean, I think a lot of places struggle with that. We struggle with that. You sure. know, that we have a bunch of specials we want to be creative, but you look at the whole thing and you have an hour and a half lunch. Right. If you work for the government, not the IRS, so you're perfect. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, you've got your time for lunch. You just want to get in and get out. And I think it should be six things. But then, what if you go to a place that only has six things? I'm not going to like any one of them. And I only have half an hour. And do I have a lentil and curry
3: stew? Sure. <laughs> sure. Or you're at a new place. You've never been here before. What's good? What are they known for? What should I get? Well, do you go with certain go-to's? Do you just...
1: Yes cook? would be my answer.
3: Okay. Uh,
1: Pick the (laughs) go-tos.
3: So you pick the go-tos, and that's kind of the advice that has been given.
1: I just derailed the entire conversation by giving a yes. (laughs) Not at
0: all.
3: Not at all, because there there are a lot of schools of thought of this, and no less than food and wine has taken this up. They took it up three years ago, actually, and then things happened, and they, they... put it aside they just pick it back up but what do you do what should you look for what are how are how are things how are ways that you can be led out of the wilderness when you don't know what you want to order sure some are go-to
1: dishes that's the big one obviously given our previous history of mac and cheese but you can pretty you can mess that one up
0: food dude bruce newberry
3: We're back at the Shelburne Country Store. Hi, Steve. Hello,
2: Bruce. How are you today? Excellent. Great to be back. Ready for spring. Oh, so ready for spring. So ready for everything to melt away, to get the animals back, to get the birds back, and to get the kids back. (laughs) Yes. Well, everybody is going
3: to come back. It's a big comeback season. And one thing we're especially looking forward to
2: is spring flavors of fudge. We are. We're past the nutmeg days and the gingerbread days. (laughs) And we're now rolling into the days of fruit. So we've got our sherbet, which is probably our favorite one of the spring season it's a lemon orange and raspberry layered fudge which is made with the actual lemon and orange and raspberry flavors of so refreshing you close your eyes it's a sherbet ice cream but a little warmer than that yes we start with the raspberry fudge and there's a raspberry cream there's a raspberry chocolate But then you have to take the raspberry and go off in a bunch of different directions.
3: Raspberry lends itself, surprisingly enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The sherbet came out of that recently. And now there is a raspberry almond, an amaretto, and a raspberry pistachio. Yes. The one we've got going today. And raspberry pistachio. I never would have put those two flavors together. Oh, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it makes perfect sense. It really does. And two words, key lime. Yes, key lime. Key lime fudges are made with, instead of using water in the recipe, we actually replace it with actual key lime juice from Florida, Yeah. um, which I need to go down and get some more, so I'm going to hop on a plane tonight. If you must, you must. (laughs) Um, But key lime as a regular fudge, there's a key lime raspberry, there's a key lime mango, there's a key lime pina colada, just Amazing flavors, strong, strong key lime. So, you have to be a key lime lover to get these, but tart as can be and just spectacular.
3: Oh man, so spring has sprung in the fudge display case, and Deb is making those delicious, refreshing, bright spring flavors and colors here at the Shelburne Country Store. But it is Vermont. It is still early in the year, and so we're still inside. I mean, every once in a while, winter just comes back.
2: It it does seem to up here for some (laughs) reason. I'm not, not quite sure if it's just a Vermont thing. I think New England may have a little bit going with that as well. But yeah, we are still stuck inside now. And after you've been out on the slopes or shoveling the front yard from a little bit more of this white stuff, it's nice to go inside, sit down with a glass of Chardonnay, and maybe do a puzzle. Yes, And we have brought in puzzles from six different companies. We had truckload after truckload after truckload of puzzles coming in. Everything up to a thousand pieces for those of you who are real puzzle aficionados down to very simple 300, 500 piece puzzles, bigger pieces. So if you've already had a glass or two of Chardonnay, that might be a (laughs) little better to work with. But whether you're into landscape ones or real novelty styles there's hidden picture puzzles where as you're doing it there's a seek and find built into the puzzle Um, puzzles with hard pieces to try and put together and some for me where it's just nice and simple there's a real edge to it Um, but we probably have a about 400 to 500 different puzzles in stock right now at any time. So come and visit us at the sound of the jingling door here on the green in
3: Shelburne, Vermont, or at shelburnecountrystore.com. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Dude Radio here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. Wood-Fired Wednesday is at Perella's. That beautiful wood-fired pizza oven is now in Lou Perella's kitchen, turning out the most amazing pizzas to start you off or spend Wednesday with wood-fired pizza at Perella's Ristorante 311 Medicom Avenue in Warren, Rhode Island. Visit with Ted. Stop by the spanked puppy today.
1: So I would say my go-to is the chicken caesar salad now we can open up some debate here and i intend to do that since i derailed this conversation with a definitive debate
3: over a caesar salad (laughs) with the possible Uh, exception uh, of the anchovies
1: oh well or a fresh lemon or fresh pepper um or hard-boiled eggs but we're gonna let that one sit there for a bit and i say chicken caesar salad because there's a lot of restaurant owners around here that just need a place that's not their place That they can meet for lunch. Mm -hmm. Everybody just kind of goes around. And what is one thing you can eat when you're trying to work on one hand and eat with another? And it seems to me the chicken Caesar salad. Interesting. I think it's tough to mess up. Yes. It's easy to make great. Yes. Uh, But here's... Let's divide some listeners here. Let's put a line in the sand. (laughs) I like a diced chicken Caesar salad. That way I can work with one hand... And I can eat with the other. Okay. Everybody I've talked to, your truly en handsome self included, yes. likes <laughs> a sliced chicken.
3: I like the chicken sliced. If I have, if I have a, if I have grilled chicken atop my my salad, whatever it is, if it's Caesar or if it's another guy, I do like it sliced. Okay. The diced, diced is is. Puts it in another in another setting because dice to me is close to julienne, which gets into you know either a Cobb salad or a
1: chef salad, Okay, now which let's is a th- whole other production. Okay, now I had a chef salad that will soon be on our menu this summer. Yes, which was unique, and I shall never repeat it, <laughs> other than to your millions of listeners. As always, we'll, we'll keep a secret. So they, they do it. it's just a tossed mixed green salad. Okay. So this is like a traditional chopped or chef salad. So you got your mixed greens, It's like a Parmesan vinaigrette dressing. And they take the ham uh, and the cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was two different kinds of cheese and a ham and a prosciutto. And they rolled it. And then they sliced it. Like you would get pinwheels at. Nice. So then the whole thing. It, first of all, it's beautiful. Yeah. Second thing, you don't have to pick up your knife to eat it. Right. It's tossed. I love the idea. I'm yes. in on the idea, and I'm taking this idea for the summer. I'm in mean, too. So th- my point is, like, with some of these salads, it's the, the chops. You know, you got that nice hard-boiled egg. Kind of. You do it with one hand with sure. your fork. The you gotta, cob is another. The, the word thank I'm you. To That's be, where yes. I'm going with this. Yeah. yeah. Again, you're educating me as it, always. It just came to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> a good Waldorf. So I think a salad, but when you get to the place where I don't know this place, I've never been here before, I don't want to think about anything, my go to would be a chicken Caesar chicken salad. Chicken Caesar salad? Or a club sandwich. Oh,
3: very good. Yes. Yes. We all know the rules
1: on it, a club sandwich,
3: right? Uh, it's prop that a club sandwich is probably my go-to. It's probably what I what I order most when I don't know. Okay, now to let's
1: order. let's get in it. Do you do it in quarters? Yes. 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 Okay.
3: Quarters. Correct. You know, three three deckers. Yep. Um,
1: generally, uh, generally turkey. Um,
3: you barbarian! <laughs> oh,
1: how dare you, a turkey, see? I knew we couldn't see eye <laughs> um,
3: I do have it on wheat, too.
1: No, no, that's, now that's, you're okay on that. Oh, okay. that's, absolutely, it should be on wheat. All right, bacon? Well, obviously, <laughs> I'm not a barbarian. Okay. <laughs> um, and you're okay with mayo? Absolutely. Oh. Now, the mayo that we picked, uh, we can now, again, divide some, it's helmets, right?
3: Well,
1: or dukes if you're from the south dukes There's if you're lot. from
3: the south but we're not you know <laughs> wait hellman's in the east best foods in
1: the west all right yeah well, let's get the advertisers happy here the <laughs> <laughs> only reason i know that's
3: good yeah yeah club is a Someone. club is the way to go um and and generally a restaurant will will do a good club sandwich um you know, there are there are a lot of other types of, of club sandwiches. There are, you know, some will do a, a roast beef. club. There's a right, roast beef yeah. club, sure. sure.
1: Um, now, i got to ask you, and this is, I think, maybe central to the big question here, is you would think of BLT standard, right? You it's would think. Bacon. Sure. Lettuce. Mm-hmm. Tomato. Tomato. Because there's nothing else on that, right? BLT, <laughs> B- that would get be the, it. Let me get the dirt board out here. Is the bacon hot? Is the bread toasted? Is the bread toasted with a delicious mayo spread on it and cold, crispy lettuce and a cold, crispy tomato and then hot, sizzling bacon on top of that? I think so. That would be how I would do it. But... Now, do you put anything
3: else on there? Do you do a lobster BLT?
1: See, that's, I think, where, again... If you just want to go out and not think about something, why gussy it up with... <laughs> why fancy it? I other? think people have been burned things. in the past by... You get a BLT, the bacon's cold. There's no mayo. Maybe you wanted mayo and there's no mayo, or you didn't want mayo and there is mayo. Sure. It should be on this sort of bread, I guess. So to get to your question, chicken Caesar salad, I think is mm. the answer. Because that is three things. Almost It <laughs> It is chicken, Caesar dressing, lettuce, preferably romaine I would assume, and then a delicious Caesar dressing. Right.
3: You can't go wrong.
1: I would take that over your club sandwich, but I would put the club sandwich at number two. A million listeners can't be wrong, I bet they're going to call you. (laughs) There you go. Very, very
0: good.
3: I'm out with Bruce Newberry. The Wayberry Inn is beginning a search for a well-trained and experienced line cook. Candidates must have experience with fine dining and casual menus and be able to demonstrate success and skill with catering events. Candidates must show skill in communicating, mentoring, and working successfully within the kitchen and all departments of an organization. Proven leadership is an important aspect of this position. You've heard me talk about working at the Wayberry. Come work for the Wayberry. Join our team. This is an immediate opening. Email your resume to manager at WayberryIn.com. That's M-G-R at wayburyinn.com. Or apply at the Waybury Inn, 457 East Main Street, Middlebury, Vermont, 05753. Or call for an interview, 802-388-4015. Pays competitive and above minimum average. This is a career position. Apply now. Come and join us at the Waybury Inn. When there's a real chill in the air, there are a few things that can delight all your senses, like the wonderful things going on in the kitchen. The minute you hit the door, all your senses get engaged, the smell of the good things cooking. You hear the sizzle. You just can't wait to taste, particularly when that cook is preparing Gaspar's Linguisa or Churis. Adding Gaspar's to any one of your favorite dishes, chili, pizza, omelets, sandwiches, lasagna, pasta sauce, there's almost no end to the wonderful ways Gaspar's can be served, and Gaspar's Linguisa, comes in slices, franks, cocktail bites, and the traditional sausage. There's even sausage out of the casing for sauces and stuffing. So now that the cold weather is here, it's time to treat yourself to the unique taste of Gaspar's Lingüisa once again. Gaspar's Lingüisa or Chouri's. Adding Gaspar's to any one of your favorite dishes can delight all your senses the minute you hit the door. Available at all major supermarkets, Gaspar's for over 97 years. The Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. You're Dining Out with Bruce Newberry. Race, in the Dave's Marketplace broadcast bistro, watch for Chef Boy Aceto, Ace and another simple seafood recipe for Lent. He's roasting salmon this week, and it's on sale at Dave's. Tune into Dave's YouTube channel and Dave's Marketplace, the home of Chef Boy Aceto and Chef Boy Aceto's seafood cooking classes. They're on Dave's YouTube channel. Follow Chef Boy Aceto on Facebook Live a couple of times during the week. And get inspired to cook some great seafood dishes at home with fresh, fresh seafood from Dave's Marketplace. Jamie Gwen joins me on the line. Hi, Jamie.
7: Hello, my Bruce. How are you? Thank you for having me back. I hope you're eating well.
3: Yes. Yes, always. And uh, where you are, when you appear with us, there's always some inspiration. So we're going to eat better.
7: Thank you. Yes, we are going to eat well, no doubt you always allow me an opportunity to share what I love. And I think, it, um, I think it might make some people's heads turn that a professional chef is here to tell you that the frozen food aisle is a glorious place to explore. What? But I, I have information to back it up. I do, I do. It happens to be National Frozen Food Month. And so the values are exquisite right now, but we have seen a surge in frozen food sales. And the frozen foods are hotter than ever, pun intended, yes. uh, because there are, there are really great innovations and great products in the frozen food aisle because the companies have met our demands as consumers. There's convenience foods. There's a variety of different ingredients and dishes that will cater to your diet or your lifestyle. There uh, is a way to simplify meal prep if you're, you know, plagued with cooking fatigue. And I think it's time to look at the frozen food aisle and dig a little deeper.
3: Yeah. Uh, there, there is nothing wrong with food that is frozen. And uh, there's a lot of no, things to
7: recommend. It. Yeah. And you make a good point. It's real food. It's just frozen, right? right? So There's so much technology today. Uh, We know this concept of flash freezing, right? I I always talk about it. You could do it yourself. Um, We call it IQF, individually quick frozen. When it comes to berries, you and I have bought fresh raspberries before. They have a three-minute shelf life. And if, (laughs) if you can capture that, great. But I would rather buy frozen berries from the frozen section. Why? Because they're picked at the peak of freshness. They are flash frozen, which is done at a far colder temperature than we can do. So their nutrients and all the minerals are retained. And then they go into the bag and they're all free flowing and none of them stick together. And in the morning, you can make this great smoothie. And that's just an example of what the frozen food section has. But you think of a frozen food section, you might think of a TV dinner. When I think of the frozen food section, like if you haven't browsed lately, we're talking... Uh, meal prep, as I mentioned, we're talking ethnic foods galore. Like an Indian dish with 30 ingredients that I'm not going to make on a Wednesday night, produced by a company that only makes Indian food for the frozen food world. It's delicious. Oh, we're man. talking about vegan and plant-based and gluten-free and organic foods from the freezer section. And there is something to be said for the grab-and-go, the heat-and-eat. Uh, the time saver. It it gives me more time at the table with my son, and I'm I'm proud to, to feed it to him.
3: Sure, sure. So take yeah. that take th- that dish or whatever dish you're going to uh, share with us today, Jamie Gwen. Is there yeah. is there a way? Is there a secret that you can share with us so that we are going to get the most flavor out of this carefully frozen chef constructed dish? Uh, that is that sure. happens to be frozen.
7: Yes, and thank you for asking because it's a great question. So you're going to go and peruse the frozen food aisle for National, food, uh, national Frozen Food Month, of course, where you're going to get really good deals. And you're going to see a bevy of options, uh, one of which is uh, the vegetable section. Now, I love a fresh veggie in a farmer's market. Please don't get me wrong. Right. But you've watched chefs on the big networks they've made veggie spirals, right? zucchini noodles, spaghetti squash, butternut spirals, all that good stuff. And you've thought to yourself, I don't have that tool. Or better yet, I don't have that time. Well, in the frozen food section, you can buy veggie spirals. By the way, it's veggie. It's frozen. It's already spiralized for you. You steam it in the bag. Then I take it out and saute it quickly over high heat in olive oil and a little bit of garlic. And that's a trick or a tip there. You get a little caramelization. And then I top that, let's call it um, veggie spiral spaghetti squash. Sure. This is my spaghetti and meatballs, by the way, on a Wednesday night. And my son loves it. Yeah. I take that spaghetti squash spiral. I put it on a plate. I top it with some tomato sauce. I take my favorite frozen meatballs which I happen to like the gluten-free ones. Mm. I, they just taste good to me. And I top it. And in minutes, I have a meal entirely from the freezer, entirely real, and entirely delicious. And there, no matter who you are, what you do, uh, how you make it, there is always a place for that. And that, to me, is a testament to the frozen food aisle. And like you asked, how do you make it better? Um, here's another chef's tip. Uh, you adopt the policy of what we call FIFO, Mm F-I-F-O, first in, first out. So what you bought the last time at the grocery store in the frozen food aisle, you're consuming before what you bought now. That's the first in, first out method. That means that you're using up the old before the new. And frozen foods have a very long shelf life, depends on the product and how cold your freezer is. But I will say my rule is a three-month rule. I keep a quarterly system in my freezer and rotate things. I would say not more than six months. Um, then you're really capturing the best of what you can get.
3: So there you go.
7: Uh, a couple of other secrets. I keep frozen waffles. They're the healthy kind for my son. Yeah. But when I want to pull out all the stuff, I pull out my panini maker, which, by the way, is back on trend. Make panini sandwiches. Uh-huh. Uh, I make panini. Yeah, of course. Panini waffle grilled cheese. Yay. Okay. Bruce, I know. You, if you've never put a waffle in a panini, a frozen waffle in a panini maker, it's all like golden and crispy. And then the cheese oozes. So I thought my son loved them. And it was for kids until my mom came over. <laughs> and she was like, what is this? So then, they're for kids and adults. Yes.
3: Oh man! As soon as I can get to that freezer, I'm going for those waffles, man. Because we're doing uh, oh, yeah. we're doing grilled cheeses for uh, some meatless Fridays and things. So yes.
7: Oh, I love that. Good. And then put out toppings, Bruce, like so that people can pile their grilled cheese with what they like. I put out crispy bacon. I put out um, sliced tomato. I love a grilled cheese and tomato. Mm. Um, for the heat lovers, I put out uh, pickled jalapenos. I make um, pickled red onions. You can put lots of good stuff on there.
3: Wow. Yes. Well, yeah, frozen really food good. aisle, where have you been all our lives? This is tremendous.
7: Better than ever, really. You know, it is. It's about innovation. We are forever elevating, right? Mm-hmm. And and no soul left behind. But these frozen food companies really have stepped it up, and there is a lot to look at and a lot to see to realize that you can uh, enjoy and really benefit from some of the items, many of the items in the frozen food aisle, whether it be convenience or meal replacement or grab-and-go or dinner tonight. Um, There are, you know, Bruce, I have two friends. There are some pretty big-name chefs who are doing recipe work for the biggest frozen food companies, and they're doing it very proudly. These are award-winning chefs. They're creating dishes, just like you see chefs create the menu for an airplane, you know. I was just going to use that example, yes,
3: uh, and thats that's been yes. something that was going on. It was going on in the old world before COVID, but yeah, it's, it's amazing what some of these, yeah. uh, the resources that some of these chefs are going. Hey, Jamie, Gwen, as if this weren't enough, there's a way we can win $10,000? Yes.
7: yes, and I'm not eligible, so you have to win. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's okay. It's National Frozen Food Month. We're celebrating $10,000 in prizes to give away. Uh, free to sign up. No cost to you at all. Just enter to win. The recipes are posted here as well. And the website is easyhomemeals.com. Easy. HomeMeals.com
3: So great. You always bring us amazing things. It is so wonderful to talk to you. That's why we like to do it as often as we can.
7: I love talking with you. Thank you for allowing me to grace your show once again.
3: Anytime you know that. Food Dude, Bruce Newberry. It's Bruce and Amy here at the Wayberry Inn. Hi Bruce. Hi Amy. There's still a lot of winter
5: left. There is still a lot of winter left and we've got some room specials to go with winter. Actually through the end of April, rooms for one hundred and twenty five dollars a night. You just need to give us a call for that room special.
3: You can get away for the rest of the winter. I mean, there's still a lot of skiing, a lot of cross country. Snowshoeing, fat biking,
5: downhill skiing, the snowball opened up the backside. Come ski if you're still working from home. We've converted one of our rooms into an office space that's always open so you could get some work done and go out skiing.
3: The way to travel today, if you're working from anywhere, why not work at the Wayberry? We've converted our Silver Lake room into a unique workspace, a little studio, if you will. There's a couch, there's a desk, lots of light, there's computer access you can get a lot of work accomplished and think a lot of great thoughts. Yes,
5: and then take some time off and go play. (laughs) Sure,
3: so add an extra day onto your stay. At $125 a night, you can certainly afford to take an extra day. And if you have to work from anywhere, we'll make that Anywhere the Wayberry Inn. One of the
5: best Anywheres anywhere. It definitely is.
3: So call for that $125 a night special, 802-388-4015.
5: Yes, we'd love to see you for your Leisure vacation.
3: <laughs> You're dining out with Bruce Newberry.